So last Sunday, we established that the Holy Ghost is a person. And we established that the Holy Ghost is God. And we say the problem in the church is the way they treat the Holy Ghost. They treat the Holy Ghost as a force. They treat the Holy Ghost as a wind or something floating in the atmosphere. They miss the dimension that the Holy Ghost is a person and the Holy Ghost is God. And the Lord gave me the burden to share this couple of Sundays about him, the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you something. You cannot go far in life, talking about Christian now, unless you recognize who the Holy Ghost is. Remember, he's the one that set the stage. Even Jesus could not start ministry without the person of the Holy Spirit. And the problem that we are having in the church is that everything, the statement, we don't read them right. The Bible says when Jesus came out of the water, the Holy Ghost came upon him in a manner or like a dove. Like a dove. He didn't say he came as a dove. Like a dove. It was the setting himself upon him like a dove is sitting on a tree. That's why they say like. So many times when you read a like in the Bible... It does not mean it necessarily that thing. So the Holy Ghost is a person. You see, the beauty of what we are trying to tell you is that not only is a person, but he has, he has the advantage not to have a body. And because he does not have a body, he can dwell in people. The reason why Jesus couldn't dwell in people was a limitation of a body. You must understand that Jesus also was 100% man. Although he was God, what, what God did, God became a man. Hallelujah. And reduced himself to be hosted by the womb of a woman. God reduced, shrinked himself and came into a womb. The creator of a universe dwelt in a womb. I don't know if you catch the picture. He created the universe. Yes, he's powerful enough to reduce himself to be in a human being. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Remember, I'm talking about meeting with the Holy Spirit. The theme is the same as last Sunday. He said, oh, do you not know that your body is a temple of a Holy Ghost within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. Don't you know that your bodies are the tabernacles of the Holy Ghost? I say your body are the tabernacles of the Holy Ghost. Catch me, your bodies are the tabernacles of the Holy Ghost. What a powerful demonstration of love. Jesus died for our sins to be forgiven. He, died, he rose for our justification. And, he, and then God wanted us to be like him. This is 
is the love of God. There is no jealousy in God. He desired that human may be like him. You see, in our human mind, we don't want people to reach our level. Because if they reach our level, there is a challenge. Whenever somebody reaches your level, it's a challenge. It means either it will overtake you, or you will be a pastory. So you fight to keep yourself above. But God came. He said, I know I'm God. I'm not intimidated. I'm not intimidated by somebody being like me. I create you and I make it possible for you to be like me and to function like me. This is a God that has no jealousy. Oh my God. This is a God that has no, that is not insecure. The Bible says <laughs> that the Holy Ghost will come in us. So what did God do? God decided, if I want them to be like me, I will need to be in them. Because if I'm outside of them, I can control them from the outside, but I want to be in them so that we can work together. So as you are sitting, (laughs) my God help me. As you are sitting, God, the God that said, let there be light, the God that created the universe, the ancient of days, dwells in you. You don't check what I'm saying. This is life changing. When you understand that the great I am, my God, the great I am, dwells in me. You see, this is favor. I say this is favor. The reason why the church looks the way it looks is because I don't understand this dimension. They think they are just worshippers. They don't know God has made them higher than angels. God does not dwell in angels. But it dwells in you. My God. Somebody don't catch this one way. One day Philip in the book of John 14 asked Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus said, Philip, I've been with you for so long and you don't know me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. But you don't know what Jesus was saying. The book of Colossians tells us uh, that, that the Godhead dwelt in him in bodily form. So Jesus was the embodiment of God because God dwelled fully in him. But do you know that God does not dwell less in you? The fullness of a deity lives bodily in you. Come on. That's why you can't be a beggar. Oh, that's why you can't beg God. That's why... Let me stop it here. I'll get somebody excited. This is favor. Let me take you to a scripture. In the book of Luke, chapter number 1, verse 28. I want to read. Luke 1, 28. It said, 
And he came, the angel Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. She was talking about Mary. Now, he will tell us why he greets Mary. He greeted Mary that, that way. Now, let's, let's go to Luke chapter number 1, verse 30 to 31. Luke chapter number 1, verse 30 to 31. And the Bible says, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Say you have found favor with God. Now, this is why she has found favor. See, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. Why did he say Mary is favored? Because heaven was coming to dwell in her. The favor part was that God set his eyes on Mary to come in a womb. There were many ladies Many that maybe could be chosen. But Mary found favor. That's the highest form of favor. That God comes and says, I'm going to make my home in your womb. That you'll be pregnant of me. <laughs> That you'll be walking the street, me confined in you. That me that gives life, I will be in your womb. I will, I will, I will, I will make myself so light that you can carry me. Heaven cannot contain me, but your womb will contain me. You don't hear what I'm saying? The high heavens and heavens cannot contain God. But yet the womb shall contain him. That was the first time God entered a woman, a, a, a human. The second time. God said, I'm not coming in the womb anymore. Because I don't need to be born anymore. This time I'm looking for a house. I'm looking for a house in whom I can dwell. And when I dwell in that house, we're going to move together. My God, I want to invade earth, but I'm looking for houses. And wherever the devil sees my house, he knows I'm in authority on the earth. So I choose to dwell in those who will believe in me. There is no less God in you than the way in Jesus. No, you can't, you can't believe this one. Jesus said in the book of Matthew, John chapter number 14, verse 12, he said, what I do, you shall do. But greater than this, you shall also do, because I'm going to the Father. Now, what was he going to the Father to do? He said, I'll ask the Father, and he will give the Holy Ghost. And when he has come, Mama, Mama Mosa, when the Holy Ghost has come, that spirit, that ancient spirit that was in the Old Testament, the, the God that revealed himself, the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and, and, and darkness was over the first surface of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of that deep. Now, listen, the same God that hovered over the face of the deep, that same God now is in you. Amen. 
That's why I have no fear. That's why, that's why it doesn't matter how your state is. I say, when you see me, it's finished. People think it's pride. But, 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 but it's not pride. It's knowing who you are. I said knowing who you are. Let me give you this testimony that happened to Leon and me. We want to pray for one of our colleagues in hospital. What, when was that? Friday. Friday. Friday, we got lost. And we end up in the home ICU. You see, because we thought the person was there. And when we got there, a lady opened. And when she sees us, she saw us, she said, the problem in this hospital is solved. I said, what are you talking about? She said, you don't understand. There was a big crisis. But the moment you step and I saw you, I know this problem is solved. I said, ma'am, I got lost. Then I realized I didn't get lost. I went to solve the problem without praying. <laughs> My God. You, I walked in there and said, I'm going to tell my manager that we can put this to bed. And then said, let me take you to, your, to where you are going now. So you went ahead of us, took us to the other side. People, do you know who dwells in you? Do you think you are doing it by yourself? That's your problem. You are striving to do it by yourself. That's your problem. You, anyone that shakes your hand has shaken grace. You need to be aware of this thing. You cannot shake the hands of somebody as if you are in a joke. The reason why it does not work is because you are not aware of who dwells in you. If you only knew the grace of the Lord, Jesus said to the woman of Samaria, if you only knew the grace and who was asking you for water, you would have asked us. My God, Jesus knew perfectly who he was. The body of Christ, we don't know who we are. We don't know who is with us. Now, this is grace. Now, for the Holy Ghost to be effective in your life, you need to know there are many dimensions of interacting. But I think I'm going to mention just few. Let me see. I think I have five years. I might not be able to get to everything today. Hallelujah. The first level of interacting with the Holy Ghost is called fellowship. Fellowship. If you don't know how to fellowship, you will not know how to activate the work of a spirit in your life. What is fellowship? Fellowship is to talk to one another and listening to one another, laughing together and having a good time. Talking and listening to one another, having a good time together. You see, the last time I was fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, I asked him, tell me who really, who are you? I know you are God, but who are you? And he told me something that I've never knew. He said, I am the word. I said, no, you can't be the word. Jesus is the word. He said, you don't understand. You cannot find me without the words. 
I am in the word and the word is in me. So when you want to fellowship with me, go to the word. <laughs> go to the word. As you read, you talk and I talk. And we have good time. And, and there are things that are sometimes funny in the Bible. When the Holy Ghost reveals to you things, some things are funny. And you laugh with him because you put yourself in the, in the story. You are not reading from outside anymore. You jump into the page of the Bible. You become, you, you, you jump into the story. And then you start even to smell the fragrances that were in that time because the Holy Ghost makes you go back to that time and he makes it real to you. You talk to him. He say, if you don't see me as the word, you cannot fellowship with me. We said, and the word became flesh. And he told me, before he became flesh, what was he? I said, he might be a spirit. He said, you, you have it. So, so you need to know that to fellowship, if you don't read your Bible, you can't fellowship. As you read, you read, it is voice that you are hearing when you read. Because he's the one that wrote it, and the voice of a writer is in the pages. So as you read, you hear his voice. People say, I can't hear God's voice. I say, when last did you touch your Bible? Because if you really touch your Bible, God will speak to you. Amen. Somebody help me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, when the Word was with God. And nothing, that, nothing was created, that was, nothing was made that was created without the Word. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Holy Spirit. Right now, is here in our midst. Come on. He's here in our midst. Because you and him are one. I and him are one. So as you look at this body, you are not looking at the body. You are looking at the Holy Ghost. Ah. Fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. The second level of interacting with the Holy Ghost is called companionship. Companionship. Hallelujah. Companionship. What is companionship? It's being by each other's side. You see, we speak of a dog as a companion. Hallelujah. We say, God, dogs are good companion. Companionship is based on mutual trust and faithfulness. Companions defend each other and protect the interests of each other. The most important thing in companionship is the awareness of each other's constant presence. So when we talk about the Holy Ghost as our companion, we're talking about being aware of his presence all the time. You, you, a faithful companion, you don't, you don't go anywhere without your faithful companion. You know, there are some people that even when they go to town, their dog is in the car. Their dog is on the bed. I'm not that good, but their dog is on the bed. So, so, so the dog becomes a companion. Hallelujah. The dog might not even talk to him, but he can read. Companionship is about reading the body language of each other and understanding what the other one wants without him talking. So, you know, you, you, some people are married, but they are not companions. 
Christ. Because they, they, they don't know each other. They don't know each other's body language. They interpret it wrong. Because there's no trust. Because companionship is based on trust. So when it's based on trust, you are not, you are not meditating on the wrong. Because it's a good companion. So, so the Holy Ghost becomes your companion. So you can't go anywhere without him. A ever present help in time of needs. The Holy Ghost is always with you. It's not just with you, it's in you. I say the Holy Ghost is your companion. I want you to understand that he's your companion. He works with you. He's there for you. You see, I look, I, I, I check the dogs. I do some program, and you can see sometime when somebody wants to attack the dog, the master, the dog will come in between. Without the master calling the dog, the dog can read the situation and know there is danger here, so I need to move into position. Listen, when the Holy Ghost is your companion, you don't need to ask him sometime. He knows, because he knows the environment. He can step in when the environment is not conducive. He knows. You're going to pray for the sick, you don't need to beg him. The moment you move, he knows. My companion wants to heal somebody, let me step in there. His intention is to heal that man. So the Holy Ghost will step in between. And while you lay hands, he lay hands. And then when it's done, it's done. Companionship. Say the Holy Ghost is my companion. And I want you to be aware of that 24-7. When you are in your bed, know that the Holy Ghost is there. Wherever you go, know that the Holy Ghost is there. You need, you need to cultivate the, that, that the Holy Ghost is always with you. You need to be intentional about what I'm saying. You need to remind yourself. You know, one time, the Lord told me, he said, you're going to repeat this. I said, what am I going to repeat? He said, you're going to repeat, the Holy Spirit is with me. So I say, how long? He said, until I tell you to stop. So I lied on my couch, the Holy Spirit is with me. The Holy Ghost is with me. I didn't do it for one hour. The Holy Ghost is with me. Until it dawned in my spirit that the Holy Ghost is with me. So that when I move, I don't need to be reminded because subconsciously I know the Holy Ghost is with me. It has, it has become reality. It has become lifestyle. It has become real to me. It has become my daily routine. I know he is with me. But I need to talk to myself because, because the soul has a tendency to mess up this reality. Holy Ghost is with me. Taka, taka, taka. The Holy Ghost is with me. L look at in the book of Genesis. The Bible says when Adam and Eve sinned, when they sinned, the first thing they heard, they say they heard the voice of God walking in the garden. The voice was walking. So what was the voice doing? Talking and walking. The problem with Christians is that they don't know they have a talking ability. That they need to remind themselves of what God has said. I want you to say the Holy Ghost is with me. I'm going to give you an assignment. If you want to, you do. If you don't, no one do it. It's on your own problem. If you, can, if you can set yourself aside this week for one hour, lying there, closing your eyes, and saying the Holy Ghost is with me. The Ho Just say that, the Holy Ghost is with me. At the end of that, you're going to see what is going to happen. In your room, you will see a change of atmosphere. Because the Holy Ghost, 
The Holy Ghost will come and confirm the word that you just said. The Holy Ghost is with me. I can't go anywhere without him. When I move, he moves. When he sees me going somewhere, he comes. You know that dogs that are well trained, when you open the door of your car, he knows you guys are going out. He does not need your permission. He just jumped in because he's a companion. And he knows the virtue of being a companion. You don't leave your companion in the war without you being there. When there is fire, a true companion will jump into the fire to rescue you. When there is trouble, a true companion will come and rescue you. A true companion will come and rescue you. I read the story of a man. Amazing. I forgot his name. But one of the God's general, he was traveling with his wife in England. They were going somewhere and there was an accident. And the train just derailed and fell. And the wife couldn't take the seatbelt out. I'm talking about true story. And then he could get himself out. And the, and the, the train was burning. And he sat next to his wife holding her hands until the two of them burned to death. And somebody said, but what about the kids? No, he was a, oh my God. A song was written about that. Hallelujah. This man said, if I cannot save her, I die with her. I cannot go and face my children and say, I left mommy in the fire. I want my children to remember that dad tried to save mom and he died. How many will jump? I'll say, at least the children. <laughs> how many will say, but we have a future for the children. And how many people will say, I'm a companion. I'm a companion. Look at what the disciples said to Jesus. When he told them he's going back to raise Lazarus, they said, they tried to stone you. And you are going back. And at the end, they said, Thomas said, let's go with him so that we can all die with him. Companionship. Somebody say companionship. The Holy Ghost will not let you alone. He will be there in trouble. He will be there when there is a flood. He will be there when there is a wind. He will be there when you are in trouble. He will not let you, nor forsake you. That's the promise you have from the Holy Spirit. And the last thing for today that I want to talk about, then I'm finished is partnership. Partnership. Somebody say partnership. Partnership. Partnership is relating to one another on the basic of achievement, of achieving a common goal with shared interests. Relating to one another on the basic, on the basis of achieving a common goal with shared interests. It's a business partnership for the advancements of a kingdom. So why is the Holy Ghost your partner? So that you can advance God's agenda here on earth. The Holy Ghost does not want to advance the agenda without you. Yes, if, if, if you pray, let your kingdom come, you know what you are doing? You are setting yourself to be a man that can advance the kingdom. The kingdom of God does not come if you don't go. He said, when you go, say, your kingdom has. When you go, say to them, the kingdom has come near you because I'm near you. 
So you need to understand that the Holy Ghost will, will back you because of the integrity of God's words. He will not back you just because he's your friend. He will back you because of the integrity of God's word. Because if you fail, God's word fails. He becomes your partner. I say he becomes your partner. Like I said, some couples are good partners. They are not good companions. Partner in ministry. Partner in raising the kids. Shared interests. But when the interest is not shared, that's where companionship comes in. So we are people that are advancing the kingdom. And you know with who? With God himself. It will be unlawful for God to come down and advance his kingdom himself. Because the earth he has given to the sons of men. For the high heavens belong to him. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. So I'm here to appeal to you today. And to be aware that the Holy Ghost is your partner. Say the Holy Ghost is my partner. I say the Holy Ghost is my partner. You need to understand how to relate to a partner. Partnership is business deals. Yes. There is a side of business deal between us and the Holy Spirit. Whether you say, Holy Ghost, I'm going. I'm just going to be available. You do the work because you are there with me. I show up and you show up. But we're going to heal this person so that the glory can go to God. Amen. So before you go there, you are prepared. For this very reason was I born. Hallelujah. So, so, so you, be, you understand the mindset. He's my partner. And partner also have business meetings. You have meeting with the Holy Ghost for the advancement of the kingdom. Where you sit together and say, Holy Spirit, where do we go next? I have seen that there is darkness in Tabanchu. And I want to go there. Will you go with me? And I know you are always with me. What are we going to do in Tabanchu? And then he starts to open his mind to you. And say, we're going to Tabanchu. And uh, we're staying there for three days. And the Holy Ghost said, no, maybe let's stay there for seven days. Okay, you know best. Let's stay there for seven days. Business interests. I know some of you go, need to go and have lunch with your mothers. <laughs> you, are, you are stressed now. <laughs> are we going to finish on time? Yeah, I could hear your thoughts. <laughs> it's, it's already 11 when it's going to finish. Go and eat. <laughs> you are born to eat. Continue eating. you stopping me. What is your problem? <laughs> oh, this is, we say, look at them. Some of them want to go and eat. And I can see them. <laughs> I can go and pick you up say, you. Uh, you think I'm joking?
We just told them that quarter to 12, we'll be home. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Lord is good. And all the time. So this week, this is your assignment. Number one, one hour. I'm not saying every day. But pick a day in the week where you will have one hour in the Holy Spirit. And all you say is that the Holy Spirit is with me. Hallelujah. The second assignment is say, thank you. You are my companion. Hallelujah. The third assignment is say, Holy Spirit, what are you up for this week? What must we do together for the kingdom? If you can do this free, you will have great results. Because when you talk, it will respond. It will respond. Holy Spirit, thank you for the message that you gave them. He wants the world to be saturated with his power. He wants people to know his presence. You've been born again for a long time. Do you have that relationship with this Holy Spirit I'm talking about? Are you just relating to him like a force? Or are you relating to him like he has come into my heart? Or do you know he's a real person? You see, in business transaction, the apostle came to that point in Acts 15, 28. They say, we and the Holy Ghost have decided not to lay much burden on them, on the Gentiles anymore. It was a discussion. And the Holy Ghost gave his opinion. And they realized he has the best opinion. 